Hello, welcome back, everyone. It's uh, Thursday again, so no need to so long um, coming out. And we got a good show for you. We got some comic reviews, we got some news, and two movie reviews that I've seen. One being Black Panther, which, if you're not living under the rock, is the greatest superhero film to date. And the other one is a nice comedy that I got out of Redbox last night. Batman, Brave and the Bold, teams up with the Scooby-Doo gang. It's actually kind of really funny and stupid and just the right mixture of everything that people would want from that kind of combination. So let's hop into the news. We had some uh, cringy news that came out yesterday or today-ish. We saw the first look of the new reboot trailer for the classic 90s animated show Reboot, which is going half live action, half animated, because no one's ever done that one before and made it successful. But hey, let's let Netflix destroy something that is a beloved childhood memory. Because so far, there are some people who say they like it, Maybe because I have too many fond memories of the original. I don't, but I'll still check it out and try and give it a fair shake with what it is. We got our first look at Megabyte. So far, there hasn't been any of the other original characters, like Bob and the others. So, who knows what's going on. There's some mysterious hacker that's controlling Megabyte and all the other villain things from what we've seen. And a new computer character that no one has ever seen before, so it's original for the show. So, it looks more like something that's trying to cash in on nostalgia, because nostalgia is selling like crazy to people, because every so often there are those fads where nostalgia does that. my opinion, this will probably be bad, or bad where it's good because so far from what I've seen from the trailer it's got great action and stuff but it has poor acting from what I could tell a stupid plot but that's just from the trailer who knows it could be better as we see more come out but uh, to move on to the other news um, we got a surprise look at the uh, news for Jurassic World with Jurassic World 3 being greenlit before the second installment, Fallen Kingdom, comes out. That it that a lot of fans are upset because this shows that there's not a lot of worry for some of our main characters. It looks like they're going to live or what, something like that. But what I think they're trying to do is they know... They only have a certain limited genie in the bottle time with this. Same thing happened with the last... When they did Jurassic Park 2 and then Jurassic Park 3. They had that huge gap and people... A lot of people didn't care unless you were a Jurassic Park fan like myself. It was an okay film. Maybe it would have been better if it was closer to date. Or whatever. To uh, the second Jurassic Park. But there's a lot of factors in there. 
And because uh, certain toy sales have been leaked, we got to look at what the mysterious dinosaur, what people are assuming are, was the mysterious dinosaur that we've seen in the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailers called the Indoraptor from a Lego toy set and another um, Jurassic World toy. Who knows if that's what it's really called? It feels kind of bad that these toy leaks are happening so soon or for, that's ruining the suspense of the movie because remember how long no one knew what the dinosaur was that was created until they started releasing trailers calling it the Indominus Rex and so on and so forth, but no one actually saw it, but now we're getting all this stuff in it where it doesn't feel like it's going to... It feels like it. they're not that suspenseful. But it looks like it's still going to be awesome. I highly look forward to it because I'm a diehard fan, and I'll like them all. I even like 2 and 3 of Jurassic Park. And uh, third news, we saw Marvel's doing a new refresh for their comic book line, having a... Kevin Feige returned to there after leaving, after losing Bendis and their editor, and they're trying to shake things up again. But really, it's more like um, because they lost two important people that were probably crucial to what Legacy was trying to do, they had to change their gears, shift them, and do this, relaunch. And I know some people have mixed feelings. There are people that are like, why are they doing this? And this is their eighth relaunch in the past eight years or so. So far, Marvel has had a relaunch every year, and it's kind of getting bad. And they're already st- they're getting rid of legacy numbers. Apparently, they're not important anymore. That was a big part of nostalgia. And my guess is the whole reason why they even did the legacy numbers were for fanboys but because certain fanboys that were complaining about the number one issues didn't like the legacy idea, that's why they're probably abandoning this, because certain people that go on the internet to complain about it. I look forward to seeing what the new story is. We got to look at the new Avengers team and a new Venom comic that's going to be starting, which I had a feeling it was going to get a refresh after Venomized, which will be ending in May with issue five. I knew that was going to happen, I just didn't know how it was going to happen because they were going to definitely have to change the story. So who knows if anything in Venomized will affect it. The other thing, I know a lot of sources were saying that this is a part of no... This is supposed to be connected to no surrender, no surrender, no surrender. But I haven't heard that many people praising no surrender. What I thought this whole start was because of the Infinity Stone, since they're going to be doing the whole storyline with that the as you saw last week's show I was reviewing uh, the Infinity War prelude with uh, Adam Warlock on next week's show I'll be doing the Infinity Countdown Prime before next month when the actual story starts we gotta look at some of the uh, interesting new uh, uh, things that are gonna be coming out through there who knows what changes we'll see. We saw on the new Avengers team that Cap, Thor, and Mail Thor, and um, uh, Iron Man are going to be the main people in the team. But we are also getting Doctor Strange, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, 
uh, super roided out She-Hulk. And I think one other I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But it's going to be an interesting team, especially since the creators are already quoted saying that the events in Civil War II will still affect Carol and Tony. So they're going to have some fun bitchiness here and there. It should be interesting to watch and read. And uh, other comic book news before going on to the final bit of news. Uh, DC has announced books that they are canceling. And there's a lot of books that are up in the air because so far there have not been any solicitations saying what the May books will be for these certain books. But it has been confirmed. Super Sons, Batgirl, Bird of Prey, and Bombshells United or Unlimited is being canceled. Some of you may be upset about this because I know quite a few people that really enjoyed those stories and really loved Super Sons. And they are just sad to see them go. Uh, A lot of people are equating this to Bendis, thinking uh, he's changing up the Superman storylines, so he wants getting control over Supergirl, Super Sons, and anything Super-related to create a more concrete story. Because Supergirl, Teen Titans, Titans, and a few other books have, and Harley Quinn have not been getting their solicitations, and a few other books are also on the, and these books are also on the chopping block, according to DC, saying these ones may be canceled next. Who knows? But we did get a look at a new event that's coming out in May and probably going to go on through the summer called Justice League No Justice. And from what we got to see, there's going to be about different teams of different heroes and villains working together to solve some huge problem. And as we got to see, uh, some of the Titans and Teen Titans are split up and on these different teams with uh, Justice League members. So it's probably why their books aren't being shown they're on hold right now for whatever reason and for this event. So I'm not worried or panicked like some people are. How they're like, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But everyone just needs to chill. Everything goes in cycles. Um, who knows, maybe this run of Teen Titans and other books like uh, Blue Beetle and everything else is just reaching their end. I'm sad to see a lot of them go. I hope that they come back. I hope that they continue, but this happens every so often. They, they Those characters will not be gone unless DC specifically states this version of this character is no longer going to be in continuity, so they're creating a new version in it. And that's usually what a lot of times happens in these situations with different comic book characters. And in the final bit of news, we saw that Joss Whedon has left the director position of the Batgirl movie that he was going to do with DC. He states that he has no story that he wanted to do, but a lot of people have been taking the internet with their fan theories because, you know, that's what the internet is for. And a lot of consensus is because of how bad Justice League was, they believe that that's why he's going away because he doesn't want to get hate lashed again. Because that's what happened when he did Avengers 2, where he got hate-latched so much that he quit. He's like, nope, 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 I'm leaving, I can't deal with it. Because these fanboys are making fun of me. But I felt Avengers 2 was good. But so far, the major consensus with Justice League is that it was just bad. 
and a lot of people are blaming Zack Snyder, demanding the Zack Snyder cut that doesn't even exist. Executives have proven that, and a lot of it is just more Warner Brothers and DC trying to compete with Avengers, so they kind of forced out some schlock that wasn't even com- good. Next, I'll get into the comic book reviews. We got part two of The Poison X. Um, This was when the X-Men Blue Team and uh, Venom go off into space to fight the uh, Poisons. As well as a few other heroes and stuff here and there. From what we have seen so far, it looks like uh, they're not really Poison Poisons. They look like they're poisons, but they look more like they're uh, venoms. There is a bounty hunter that's hunting down the Clintar and selling them as advanced weapons. The X-Men in the final page try and free the Clintars from uh, this cap from the bounty hunter's captor. But he had robot guards and they are fighting and stuff. Venom was helping them, but as he turned around the container containing most of the Clintars got broken, and now the X-Men blue team with the final panel shows them becoming Venomized, which looks really cool. I look forward to what happens, but it's also going to be very hard because these Clintars are angry, they're upset, they were held captive, so they might not be the most peaceful of races because, as we know, uh, that they've stated the Clintars are peaceful in nature and only bond with a host to become stronger, but if they bond with a bad host, they become violent. So, we'll look and see what happens there. Next, we have part three of Miss Marvel and uh, Teenage Wasteland. It's a good part of the story. It's There's still a lot of people who are looking for Kamala and looking for Miss Marvel, wondering where she is. Um... Their friends get together with Red Dagger and save Zoe from the clutches of the crazy villain making more and more weird, uh, stupid ideas. And like what he was doing with the first one, the first time he showed up, he was trying to make batteries out of teenagers. This time he's using old folks because no one will miss them when they're gone and other things. And which is kind of sad, but I get what, um, they're trying to do with this. They're trying to make a commentary on it, how people, uh, don't pay attention to the elderly or they just shove them to the side and usually ignore them. I I get what they're going through, but that's kind of really sad for the type of book this this normally is. Anyways, Zoe gets free just as her friends get there and they're fighting to save everyone, but just as uh, uh, one of their friends, uh, Akir, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce her name, I... Uh, uh, is about to get crushed to death by this monster thing. Zoe dives in and pushes her out of the way and gets stepped on herself. And it looks like she's dead until uh, some more fighting later. And they're all crying over where she was crushed. And she comes out just fine. She said, it was thanks to CrossFit. Because they're trying to play it off that she was fine. I'm like, no, no. CrossFit does not save you from getting stepped on by a giant. You would have been dead if this was any other book. But who knows, maybe Zoe will turn out to have some powers later on, and that's why she was fine. 
Should be interesting. Anyways, they realize they're in over their head. There's a giant monster on loose. No one knows where Kamala and Miss Marvel is. So they use a chip that they found after or that Kamala had thrown away during a Civil War II, which was a chip she used to call Carol whenever she needed help for different situations or to talk to. And they call Carol. She's upset at first that some kids dressed up as uh, Kamala uh, called her until she sees a giant ro- monster in the distance and realizes, yeah, I got to go deal with that. And that's where this ends. And uh, we'll see the conclusion of this story uh, next week. I mean, not next week, next month. Next, we have Gotham City Garage number nine. And in it, we get to see Big Barda going around trying to recruit people after she dropped off. Uh, uh, after she dropped off Supergirl with uh, her friends to get her tattoos and un- re- unrepressed repre- repressed memories. And the person that Big Barda goes to is actually Lois Lane and Jimmy. And Lois turns out was just an orphan kid with Jimmy who lost his legs when the uh, sun burned when Darkseid invaded. And and uh, the uh, Gotham City Garage helped take them in and helped them out and became good friends. And Lois and Jimmy became journalists called The Frequency where they were going around exposing the truth to everyone that wasn't that was uh, eating all of Lex Luthor's lies. And then in the other part of the story, we got to see Kendra, who is also known as Hot Girl, who, back when the war first happened, she was saved uh, by the Blackhawks until she ran into Irons, where she and her became friends. But then when they got the message saying that they're going to have one final attack against Luthor, they need backup, Kendra tried to get the uh, Blackhawks to help them, they refuse, saying that they're old soldiers, their fighting days are done. All that they exist now is to remember the fallen. And Kendra gets so upset, she quits the, the military that she's working for, takes her stuff that she's made, and goes out to help them. And it turns out that was actually that commander's idea, saying she was too young to be around, hang around old uh, people like them, that she deserved to f- spread her wings and fly as she was always meant to be. And they show her motorcycle shape shifting to get wings and start flying off in the sunset to go help the garage. As I said before, I'm really enjoying that story. It's obviously coming up to the climax of it because there's only a going to be um, three books left, issue 10, issue 11, and issue 12. Next we got uh, Spider-Man Amazing... The Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, Fast Times at Midtown High, Part 1. Um, Peter is kind of at ends with his daughter. They're upset because Peter needs new money because Jay, Johnny Jameson can't pay him what he used to for the Spider-Man pictures because, as they pointed out, and most news organizations have pointed out, anyone with a camera on their phone or drone can be a news reporter because 
as they're getting all this stuff and then posting it on the internet, getting out scooped. So it's becoming where even it looks like the Daily Bugle is probably going to shut down in this uh, Spider-Man's world. That's kind of sad. And so Peter had to take an extra class, had to take an extra job, which turns out to be teaching photography at his daughter's school. And she hates that because she's already feeling like an outcast. All of the friends she had before have developed new friends. So she feels like an island and no one to really click with. She hasn't found her people as she keeps talking about because I think they're trying to reference all those like teen dramas where all the people that are going around trying to say, I'm looking for my people, I'm trying to find my people, and so on and so forth. The people that they click with and all that stuff. Peter, in his first day, was excited. He knows, he remembers when he was a kid, people were eager to learn stuff when they were in a specialty class, and no one cared. They were treating him like, when he was trying to explain to him how the camera works and different zoom functions and all this other filter stuff, and a bratty girl's like, isn't there just a button to do that on your phone? And even though they said something else, it kind of looked like Peter wanted to say, I hate you children. I hate you all. <laughs> because he's trying to teach them how to use a camera, and they only care about the cameras on their phone, which is more showing how uh, younger kids and so-and-so don't respect how things are supposed to be done. At least that's what this book feels like they're trying to preach. Meanwhile, uh, Annie gets one of her flashes into the uh, future and sees an explosion going to go off by two kids in the theater department. She runs there, and as she gets there too late, the explosion goes off. She tries to... Her dad suits up, goes to where the explosion is. Uh, she gets him to go away, and as she turns back, she sees the two kids that were in the explosion have been mutated and now have powers. And the next issue will be covering what they're going to do with those powers and so on and so forth. But as we've seen down the road, usually high school kids get powers from the freak accents. will go in one of two ways, either be a hero or turn into a villain because they go power mad and don't care. It looks like these two will probably go down the wrong route and be going power mad, even if... Annie will connect with them and become her friends. From what I've read from the description of the next few issues, they're not going to be nice kids. Next, we got the uh, new issue of Punisher that, that came out last week. This was a still a fun uh, story the read I highly recommend it we got to see a Frank fighting um, more of these soldiers had to hijack and kidnap and take down a highly trained uh, former shield agent in his Iron Man fake suit and tried to get him to repair his Iron Man suit after all the uh, damage was taken but Fury contacts him and tells him that that guy knew nothing he was just a field agent so he shoots him in the head and goes on to tell him how the others are going to be a lot harder to kill. They find a scientist who fixes his war machine armor, and Fury's still telling him he's going to have to give it back when it's done, and Frank's like, no, this is mine. It's my property now. I'm never getting it back up. But he's also realizing, and Fury's realizing he sent in a crazy person to deal with this situation, 
because he pushed the country to go to n- nuclear uh, capabilities to getting ready to fire all the bombs, but he did that solely to make the commander come out of his hidey hole to be in one location so he can go in there and take care of him and solve the problem the Frank Castle way. It's very fun, entertaining read. I highly recommend it. And last but not least, we have the Marvel 2-1, issue 3. And we find out why Johnny is losing his powers. And it's not because he's becoming older and weaker, but actually the Thing is losing his powers too because apparently the Fantastic Four are connected, where the longer they're apart from each other, the more their powers will actually dissipate and slowly be gone forever. They found this out by going to a doctor who helped out uh, Hercules getting his powers back, but as they get there, she's also helping out a supervillain getting his powers back, Hydro Man. Now, that could have been a really bad threat. Uh, she kicked him out and made him leave through the toilet, but I don't think Hydro Man's going to be a problem because when he left to go attack some mysterious camper, it was actually Wolverine, and that was the last scene in the book. Part of the can you find where Wolverine is what they've been doing. He still has the Space Stone. This is young Wolverine. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this. I highly look forward to what's going to be happening. It should be very entertaining. And they've also showed one of the villains has gone insane looking for Reed Richards. So he's decided he's going to become the new Mr. Fantastic. So it looks like they're going to be building a dark Fantastic Four. And Doom kind of edged this along, where it's kind of like, okay, what, what what game is he playing? Because so far, Doom has been a good guy, but this time he's being a bad guy, so it's kind of confusing. Who knows what Doom is up to? Maybe in his own way, he's trying to help create conditions for the thing and Johnny to go out and try and find uh, Reed and Sue, or he's just stirring up shit for funsies. That's all for the comic book reviews and next to the two movie reviews for uh, Black Panther and uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. I'm going to start with the Batman one because it's hilarious, and then I'm going to end with the uh, Black Panther, and then mention one to stop listening for a spoiler warning, and then, because after that I'll be ending the show, uh, after I finish the spoiler side of Black Panther. Now, and it's taken, they got a lot of the same voice actors who did uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated and so on and so forth, and also the team that did Batman Brave and the Bold so it's got the same art style the same voice actors so it's got the same feel and it looks pretty organic for what it's supposed to be they kind of added in some weird funny things to be funny for the sake of being funny like Martian Manhunter can't stop eating cookies so he's constantly being distracted by cookies or chocolate chip cookies and I'm watching this I'm like why is he like shaggy is he secretly a stoner is that what martian manhunter does now because that is that where he's been 
But that's the only conclusion that I can come up with. But like I said, it's just a silly plot to be silly. Um, they constantly had Fred hitting and flirting with uh, Black Canary. They had uh, Daphne getting hit on and flirted with by Plastic Man. And they showed the, the working well together. And there was even a scene where uh, the Scooby gang put on old Batman suits to help save the day. Um, Fred put on one of the old Batman costumes. Uh, Daphne put on the Batgirl costume. Scooby put on Ace the Bat Hound's costume. Uh, Velma put on Tim Drake. I mean, not Tim Drake. Uh, Dick Grayson's Robin costume. And then from there on, uh, Shaggy put on the Nightwing costume, which looked really bad on him. And I know it's all for comedic effect and so on and so forth. And it was funny, and I loved it. Like, there's some genuinely wacky scenes, like when they went to Arkham to question the Riddler on certain things. Shaggy and Scooby got scared, ran away, wound up in a cafeteria, started eating, and ended up starting a food fight with a bunch of Arkham Batman villains. Which is really freaking hilarious in and of itself. I highly suggest watching this if you're a Batman fan or you just have some kids that are interested in it. It is going to be interesting to watch. Highly recommended. I believe a lot of people enjoy this. And for Black Panther, which I know probably doesn't even need a review because you're going to go see it anyways. It's the most highly anticipated superhero film. It delivered everything that it said it was going to deliver and then some. And what a lot of people have even been saying, too, gave us the first sympathetic villain. Like, the villain you actually care about. This villain you want to see live so he can be in the next film. Uh, um, we got a good look at uh, Chadwick Boseman reprising his role of Black Panther since Civil War. And it just feels so natural. He's got a new suit uh, made by his sister. And she is just phenomenal the actress they have playing her and she has all these fun little moments and they do some really good moments where they look like they're going to be siblings like cracking jokes where uh, she's trying to get him to uh, test out the new suit and she tells him to hit it it absorbs his energy and then she told him to hit it again and she's filming it and he knows something's up but he hits it anyways and goes flying and she's laughing at him and there's a lot of natural com- comedic moments where uh T'Challa is trying to save Nakia in the very beginning of the movie to get her to come home for his father's funeral and then his crowning as king. And he freezes and everyone makes fun of him for it, saying he froze like a deer in he- like an interlope in headlights, I, th- I think was the line. And they did a nice job showing off a different styles of uh, African culture in this movie. It's highly, highly entertaining. They had wonderful, wonderful acting. If you haven't seen it yet, you should see it now. And this is the moment where I will be getting into spoilers. So, we got to look into why. So, if you're listening, I suggest uh, stopping now. I'll say goodbye to you now and see you next video. But right now, I'm going into spoiler territory, so no one will get offended or upset if they see past this part. We got a look in 
to see what was going on. Um, we got the we got to see the T'Challa's father in the Black Panther suit in the '90s, hunting down his brother who was working with Claw, smuggling vibranium. But he killed them, kept it a secret to uh, protect the family's honor or whatever, or to protect his brother's honor. So at least it looks like he just disappeared, and that was over. But it turns out he actually had a son who was played portrayed by Michael B. Jordan, who was Killmonger. And Killmonger grew up in a terrible part of America uh, where he grew up learning to kill, fight, and he knew everything and his father told him how if he lived in Wakanda, he would have been having a better life. He would have had the easy life. So he's been working, working, working hard, hard, hard because he knows uh, the Black Panther, his uncle killed his father so he wants revenge he is so focused on that revenge he lets it consume him and he starts learning more of history of uh what happened to african americans in slavery what happened to them in africa and he's looking at wakanda as the privileged one percenters that should be helping the world but aren't and just sitting on their thrones caring about themselves he thinks he's going to change that and he tricks Claw to working with him, and then he kills Claw to bring him in for reward so Wakanda will accept him as the prince. He frames T'Challa for all this stuff. He says he's taking the throne. It's his birthright since he's the oldest. Yada, yada, yada. They have a fight, and T'Challa loses. And you got that impending moment that, oh, he's dead, but you already know. No, that's just a fake-out moment because we've seen it so often before. But the way this was done was wonderful. And and a lot of the other fun, entertaining scenes that portrayed after, as when he had his vision with his father, he went to the same sort of spirit land that uh, T'Challa did to talk with his father after he became crowned king after taking in the heart herb instead of being the heart fruit like it was in the uh, comics. But after he became king, he ordered them to burn the fields, saying there will never be another king of Wakanda again. And they're all looking at him, but what about your successor? And he's like, nope, not going to happen. So I wonder what his end game was after he conquered the world. Was he going to set up some other type of functionality or what? Because he was getting ready to... Take, have, use all the Wakandan sleeper agents that were all over the world to overthrow every government at the same time and then declare himself king of the world. But luckily, T'Challa survived. He was saved by the gorillas and tribe who, in the comics, have always been enemies with them. But I kind of like how they did with this, that they're coming together to help each other because it's a threat from the inside if they do it this way, it's going to disrupt their way of life and everything. And there's just really wonderful acting done from everyone involved in this. And from there, we get T'Challa coming back to life, questioning his father again about everything he did. He knows what he has to do. He breaks in, gets his suit back, and leads a revolt with the female army of Wakanda, uh, fighting one of his friends... And it's just a really awesome battle sequence of everyone that believes they're in the right 
the gorilla tribe comes in and helps T'Challa's team out in the end, at making the others surrender. Uh, there's a really epic battle scene between Killmonger and Black Panther. Black Panther wins. He only wounds uh, Killmonger. He takes his cousin out to view the sunset, and he's saying they'll heal him, and so on and so forth. But Killmonger believes he'll be put back in bondage, that he would become a slave or a prisoner. And he makes a powerful quote saying that the slaves that were on their way from Africa to America jumped ship. So he tells them to bury him at sea with his brothers that were smart enough to do that, and he kills himself. Because he would rather die free than be imprisoned. I think T'Challa would have tried to change Killmonger. He saw that a lot of the things that he was saying was true, that they need to help out the world instead of being closed off. They just went around the wrong way of doing it. Anyways, um, that we got to see two end credit scenes. Uh, one was T'Challa uh, giving a speech to the UN, explaining to them that they're not the third world country they made them all believe, that they're actually this superpower that could destroy everyone if they felt like it. Which is obviously going to cause some ripples. I believe that takes place either before or after um, and f- the Infinity War that's coming out this summer. We also got to see uh, T'Challa and his sister going to where their cousin grew up, and they bought the building, and they're going to turn it into the first Wakandan Resource Center to help out all Africans, and his sister's going to be running it to teach them science and so on and so forth, and she's excited. She's having more of a role in the throne. She doesn't really care about ruling. She wants to help people, and that's what they're doing. Um... And then in the second end credit scene, we got to see Bucky come out of his coma. He and uh, T'Challa's sister had a little thing. Who knows? Could that be a budding romance later on? A lot of people are speculating if he will become the White Wolf, which is a character from the uh, Black Panther comics. I don't know. I look forward to seeing what happens. Because of how successful this movie was, Black Panther 2 has been already greenlit, which we already knew we were going to get anyways. And I look forward to seeing what continuations will be in Infinity Wars. We've already seen what they can do fighting. But now they're going to have even more fearsome army to fight instead of themselves. So it should be very entertaining. A lot of people were sad we didn't get to see the Soul Stone. Who knows? It could still be somewhere in Wakanda. There's a lot of people that theorize that it's at the center of the Vibranium Mine. And that could be why the uh, heart herb lets them talk to the dead the way it does. Which could be very interesting and a nice way to add things to layers. As I said many times before during this review, highly recommend it. Go see it as many times as you feel like. Um, I know I'm going to be in line to buy it as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. And it was just a fantastic entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, explaining more of what's going to be going on in later chapters. And it looks like they could do so much more. The only thing I had a problem with is I couldn't trust Nakia because of the Black Panther history I knew. You can't trust her because she's secret, because she different forms of Nakia and the versions of things that I've watched or read growing up has always had her as a villain. So I'm like, okay, when is she going to do it? When is she going to do it? When is she going to do it? 
but it looks like she probably isn't going to be a villain. But now that they have the rights to the X-Men, or that pending thing still with Fox, I wonder if they're going to have Storm come into the picture. And a lot of people, if you don't know, Storm and uh, T'Challa are married. So I wonder if that's going to cause some rift. If they get the deal and Storm will show up in Black Panther 2, who knows? That could be fantastic. But we'll have to wait and see. Until then, see you next time and keep on keeping on.